When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Once upon a time, we all know how that goes. But what if we had some different stories, some queer stories? A Story Most Queer from Mischief Media offers pocket-sized queer stories for everyone. The podcasts feature original stories of any genre by queer authors presented in pocket-sized form for your listening pleasure. The first episode is a teenage lesbian Romeo and Juliet story, and the writers whose stories are selected are paid for their work, so you can feel great about listening. Go to astorymostqueer.mischiefmedia.com, that's astorymostqueer.mischiefmedia.com for more details, or you can click the show notes. We will have a link there. You can also follow A Story Most Queer on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for episode announcements and more at A Story Most Queer. Hello, and welcome back to When in Romance, our favorite place to talk about romance. I'm I hope it's one of your favorite places to listen. Uh, it is November 14th, 2019, and we are recording episode 47, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Three. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that sounds correct. I just looked at the number and then decided I was wrong. No. I'm Jess. I'm Trisha. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you're right. I was uh, a little distracted because when you said the thing about how you hope it's everyone's favorite place to listen to uh, romance, I was thinking if it's any if it's not your favorite place, you might want to hit your pause button right now because we have a lot of books to talk about today. Oh, gosh, yes, we do. Like many, many, many books, um, which we're really excited about because it's our recommendation show. Yay! And more accurately, it's our first recommendation show because <laughs> we got a yes. lot of requests. <laughs> Thank you to all of you who contacted us about uh, uh, with questions. There were a good many of you, and you emailed us, and you sent us things on Twitter. And did you get any Instagram messages, <laughs> Trisha? I don't think I got any. That's a good point. I don't think I got any over Instagram, but we did get. Yeah, we got so many. We might be. I don't want to brag. We might be the only book riot genre podcast that has to do multiple episodes because of how many recommendations <laughs> we got, uh, which they are all wonderful podcasts, but it is really cool for us to know how much all of you, um, get engaged with the books and, uh, how much you love the genre as much as we do. So that's always really fun. So thank you for that. Thank you all. Um, and if we don't get to your, I'm going to send, um, some notes hopefully today, certainly before the episode drops, uh, that will, if we have not answered your question, I'll let you know that we are answering it in volume two of the recommendation show. <laughs> so just because we didn't get to it today doesn't mean we're not getting there. And if it's urgent, you know, we'll, we'll let you know how to let us know. Speaking of how to let <laughs> us know, things are changing, Jess. Things are changing and not just the weather. True. Only a little bit. You can still reach both of us at the one in Romans at bookriot.com address, but our individual Riot New Media addresses are uh, going to be among the fallen 
which is a new term I learned this week. That's like now my favorite thing. Uh, so <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. So definitely continue to email us at when in romans at bookriot.com. Um, or you can, as always, we'll, we'll talk more at the end, but you can get us on, you know, social media. Um, but our individual email addresses will, they, they've served their purpose and now it's, it's time to let them go. Yes. Yes, it is. Did we have one more reminder we wanted to do before we jump in? We do. If you happen to be a a person who does not devour books in a couple days, I'll, I know that there are some of us out there. Um, we are doing a Win in Romance book club in January. And the book that we're doing is Get a Life Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. And if you need some time to read it, start now. Or if you want to devour it in a couple days and then devour it again in January, start now. I hear it's a great book. <laughs> I have not yet picked it up, but I am excited to read it and discuss it with all of you in January. It is delightful. It will make for great uh, travel reading for anybody. Um, so yeah, we're excited about that too. All right. We have so, so many books. Before we get into all of our many, many books... Why don't we get, why don't we get our ad spot out of the way? It's cool. It's exciting. You guys are going to be thrilled by it, but then we'll just be able to just cruise right through all of our many books. So many books. Okay. Thank you to Book Riot for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, and specifically Book Riot Insiders. Have you tried Book Riot Insiders? If not, your time is now. It is our resource specially designed for our fellow book nerds, and you can try it free for two weeks. There are different levels available, so you can decide which perks you want, from a monthly behind-the-scenes newsletter to exclusive podcasts and giveaways. And speaking of perks, we've got a new release index curated by resident reader Liberty Hardy, so you can see the most exciting new books coming in the next few months. Check it out and sign up for your 14-day free trial at insiders.bookriot.com. Awesome. All right. Let the games begin. <laughs> okay. So I, we first of all, I have to thank uh, the first emailer that we have. Um, we got a note from Kim way back in September. Um, Kim has been incredibly patient and has waited all the way to our recommendations episode to get their question answered. Uh, Kim was asking for Christmassy wintry romances that people may not have seen before. Um, in particular, Kim mentioned really enjoying If the Fates Allowed because it has perspectives um, that might get missed off of Christmassy romances that are more mainstream, i.e. LGBTQ+. Um, so we are delighted to, for the first time in 2019, recommend some Christmas and wintry romances. What do you got, Jess? Oh, gosh, I'm so excited. And one of them I am really excited about because I actually finished it this morning. Um, I started it yesterday on my lunch break and then was really sad when my timer went off and didn't get the chance to pick it up again last night. And it's a brand new book. And it's part of Jackie Lau's Holidays with the Wong series, which started out with Thanksgiving, and I think it's ending in with Valentine's Day in 2020. And it's called A Second Chance Road Trip for Christmas. Like how many, how many ticks did you just check off listening to the title? Mm -hmm. The title and, and there's only one bed. Of course there is. Because Jackie Lau has a brand and she's admitted it when she was talking about, oh, you know what I realized? This was a, a few weeks ago. My last Christmas novella also only has one bed. It's actually called One Bed for Christmas. So. <laughs> 
Sure. This one includes getting stuck in a snowstorm on what should be a pretty short trip and ends up being really long because roads get closed and um, people start driving really slowly because it's snowy. So the people in the car who are driving home from Toronto or driving to their hometown from Toronto have to stop at a motel until they can the roads can be cleared in the morning. And the two people who are driving home together are actually former high school and early college sweethearts who broke up because they just sort of drifted apart. They weren't going to college in the same place, et cetera, et cetera. And they might still have some feelings for each other. What? Feelings? Oh, my. (laughs) Feelings and only one bed to fit all them in? Uh-huh. Only one bed for all of those feelings. hmm So, yeah. If you want something that has snow, there are snow forts involved, I have to tell you, and uh, some Christmassy feelings. Not as much food as your typical Jackie Lau book, but still some interesting food fun. Um, not that kind of food fun. I know what you're thinking. But <laughs> just the involved in eating. Just eating it. Um, I mean, fine. <laughs> and your typical Jackie Lau, enjoyable, pretty brief story. And that's a second chance road trip for Christmas. That sounds delightful. I actually also just finished a book recently that because I think it just came out um, within the last couple of weeks. Uh, Love Around the Corner by Sally Mal- Malcolm is a delightful little sort of probably novella. It's not super long. Uh, between Alfie and Leo, it's a, it has a very much a shop around the corner, or if you are a nineties kid, you've got mail kind of a vibe. Um, so (laughs) there is some of the secrecy because in chapter two or three, one of them finds out that they have been, you know, messaging, uh, the person that is their, you know, hometown enemy uh and knows that and sort of continues the relationship but that secrecy ends up being i for me a secrecy book will work if in the end that secrecy ends up kind of like having consequences and biting someone in the tail end then i can deal with it Mm -hmm. um but in any way in any case it's a it's a really lovely charming story um alfie's a mechanic and um leo is a used bookshop owner because of course and uh alfie (laughs) has they've they've um unknown unbeknownst to the two of them they have met in a jane austen fan group on facebook yeah it's delightful because they both love Jane Austen and, um, you know, in the book opens with, uh, Alfie listening to, I think, Emma or maybe Persuasion. Um, and oh. Alfie, because he's a mechanic, he didn't go to college. He has, uh, a little bit of anxiety over, you know, the fact that he is not well educated and all that. Um, and Leo does not help because he is kind of a jerk about it, but you mm. come to find that Leo also has some anxiety about some stuff. So anyway, it all, you know, eventually it works out because it's the holiday season. Um, but it's a really charming story. It also kind of pokes at the way that relationships sort of build and can be very real, even in a remote way. Um, and yeah, I was, I will say, like, I was not sure I was going to be able to come around on Leo because he is kind of pompous. There's, there's definitely a Jane, uh, Austen element in this book too. I don't, I want to say maybe it's like kind of pride and prejudice but that's the only one I really remember that well. So maybe it's all of them. Who knows? <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, check out Lover on the Corner by Sally Malcolm. 
Oh, man, I am excited to read that book. I might have trouble with the secrecy. Um, anyone who's read my most recent Kissing Books newsletter knows that I had a really big trouble with a book about liars, sure. um, even though it was a really good book. Um, but I really love You've Got Mail and Shop Around the Corner, so I'm going to have to at least try it. Yeah, I – yeah. Uh, and he had uh, to be fair, he uh, boy, the I can't remember if I already said which one of them it is. I'm not going to if I didn't already. Um, but the person who is being secretive does have a real lot of guilt about it. And it okay. does. It does. Some groveling does have to be done. Okay. I'm down for that. Yeah. If you don't want secrecy and groveling, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I read this really great um, Christmas romance last year called A Family for Christmas. It's by Jay Northcote, and it is a male-male romance written by a trans male author. And when do you, you know, it, that's not always the easiest thing to find. And it's just the sweetest, teeth-meltingest thing. It's, um, so Rudy and Zach work together at a, an organization that helps LGBTQ people, and they both kind of know each other, but don't know each other very well. And then it, um, it's the holidays, and one of them finds out that the other one doesn't really have anywhere to go for Christmas. They're just planning to hang out in their apartment and watch TV. So he invites him to go along to his family home for holidays. Um, nothing happens on this road trip. They just drive and get there, sadly. Um, wah, wah. But... <laughs> But there is an assumption when they arrive at uh, Rudy's family's home that Zach is Rudy's boyfriend, and they go along with it. So, fake relationship, anybody? You you know how that's that's my thing. Yeah. Um, And, you know, the family is really LGBTQ affirming, and they just have a great dynamic. There's They play games in the house all through the holidays and they just really love each other a lot and are sort of overwhelming sometimes. And uh, actually one of his siblings and their spouse is just like one of my favorite couples in romance ever. Um, but they don't get their book because they already have their, their happily ever after. Um, but it's just a really, really cute book. There, there are some, some steamy moments, but it's mostly just about family and being together and figuring yourself out. And it's just really sweet. Well, that sounds delightful. Uh, my other pick is also a on the really sweet uh, sort of spectrum. That's Old Lang Syne by Rebel Carter. Um, this one is uh, Delilah, who needs she needs some space from her family in Texas. She's around 30. Uh, I think maybe in her early 30s. And um, she is one of many siblings who works with her dad's real estate company. And she starts to feel very much like she's kind of being taken advantage of by her uh, siblings. And so she decides to do something that is a little bit zany for her and search out a internship related to baking, which is a thing that she has some culinary um education in. Uh, and so she hops on a plane and goes to a small bakery in Scotland to help uh, a baker named Agnes deal with um, the major New Year's holiday in Scotland, which I don't really know how to pronounce, but I'm going to call it Hogmanay. Hogmanay. Uh, Hog <laughs> Hogmanay. Hogmanay. Thanks, Jess. 
<laughs> Always coming through for me. Um, so she does that. When she gets there, she realizes that part of Agnes's goal was to find someone to set up with uh, Callum, who is her nephew. Um, there is there's a bit of an insta-love element to this one because it's also a novella, but it's uh, still delightful. I really liked it. And it's there's some like – there's an element of fairies and whether or not people can believe in them. And I don't know. I just – I was very, I was rooting pretty hard for Delilah and, and Callum <laughs> by the end. Um, so that is Old Lang Syne by Rebel Carter. I will also throw a little bit of a curveball out there. Uh, stick with me on this. Um, Milf mm-hmm. on the Shelf by Nico Rosso. Um, that is Milf, M I L F. If you are not familiar with that acronym, don't Google it at work. Uh, <laughs> is an erotic romance novella between a woman named Lori. And her college-age daughter's old friend, Dylan. Um, so this one is not it, – it's representative, I guess, because, you know, these were holiday romances. We were trying to be a little bit more representative in terms of LGBTQ+, or, um, you know, people of color. Lori is a woman of color. Nico Rosso is, I believe, not. I'm fairly certain he's a, a white male author. Um, but it's just like a – it's a very different kind of Christmas romance. Um, and it's um, it's very steamy. It's very much like a happily for now kind of ending, which you don't see that often. And so I really liked it. Um, he, yeah, he's a, he's a great author. And uh, if you are interested in something that is a little bit outside the box, um, there's like motorcycle things. Like part of the reason that Lori is like into Dylan is because he rides a motorcycle and she used to do that. <laughs> he thinks she's like super hot despite the fact that she's, you know, 20 years older than him. And it's great. So if you're looking for something outside the box, check out Milf on the Shelf by Nico Rosso. I have to say, I I follow Nico on Twitter and have read one of his books, um, Unsolicited Duke Picks, because there was so much talk about it. But I'm going to definitely have to check out this one because... <laughs> It sounds delightful. <laughs> and I think it's like a dollar ninety nine. So I'm not telling anybody where to spend their two dollars, but it's not a bad investment. Not at all. All right. Are those our holiday picks? I think they are. And you know, Trisha and I could go on and on with all of these, probably. Um, but we had to stop somewhere so we could move on to others. <laughs> I know, very true. Yeah, like we're already knocking on twenty minutes in and we got many more books to talk about. So um, I will. So our next request is uh, a little bit more on the serious side. And I will. So we're going to we're going to tone down the the fun part of our holiday rec episode. um, (laughs) Because this uh, emailer sent us a note asking for romance books that feature intelligently and sensitively written characters who are dealing with infertility. Um, and the emailer also mentioned miscarriage. So I'm going to give you some recs in a minute. But before I do, I want to mention that part of the impetus behind this email is um, that, uh, well, let me say, let me say first, it's never the goal of our podcast to tell you what books you shouldn't read or what books are maybe not the best. It happens once in a while. Um, mm-hmm. And if someone is doing something that is like, really awful. Like if Nazis are falling in love, like that's not great. Uh, but yeah. part of the impetus behind, behind this email was that this person um, read The Friend Zone by Abby Jimenez, which we talked about 
we talked about it a couple of times now, but the first time we talked about it was way back in May um, when we were at the uh, Book Lovers Convention. And we were kind of hoping because it dealt with infertility that it would be a helpful portrayal of that um, topic that would be useful um, to people who are kind of looking for for that in romance because it can be kind of hard to find. And the person sending mm-hmm. us this email found that, in fact, it was not that at all and uh, was triggering in some ways. So I will start by saying we now know that about this book. And if you are mm-hmm. a person who is looking for that in the friend zone, maybe that is not where not to go. Not the book for you. Yeah. Um, so, so let me start there. What the good news is, is that I can give you some books that you might actually find a little bit more of a useful to you, depending on what you're looking for, uh, portrayal. So I will start with, uh, Not Quite a Husband by Sherry Thomas is a historical romance, um, in which, uh, a woman, um, Bryony, I think is her name, Bryony, I might pronounce any wrong, um, and Leo are the, the couple there. Um, Bryony is a doctor, uh, which is pretty uncommon because this book happens in the late 1800s. And so Mm -hmm. she is a few years older. They're like old family friends. She has uh, decided to propose to him actually early on in the book we learn. And she, he's pretty excited about it. He always had a crush on her as a kid. The proposal and the engagement are great. And then they get married and she kind of starts to shut him out um, when she proposed, she actually told him that it was unlikely that she was ever going to be ha- able to have children. Um, so he knew that and he was still on board. There's actually a really lovely line where he talks about kids are great, but not essential. And she was essential. And so he was good with that. So there's mm-hmm. a mystery. It's a married couple. Nobody's exactly sure what's going on there. Um, but it's a Sherry Thomas is just a great writer. It's a really lovely historical romance. Um, it is a married couple romance, which is a good thing for some people, not for everybody, but that's worth checking out. I will say there's one thing about this book that's a little weird, which is that some of the sex that happens between the couple when they're married is like a little bit of coming to you in the night while you're sleeping sex. Mm -hmm. And to me, it was not enough to be like concerned about because no one who was involved seemed concerned about it. But um, if that's a thing, you know, that is not for you heads up. Um, but generally, I, to me, it felt like a, a very sensitive um, portrayal of infertility. I will tell you all the books that I'm recommending right now, none of them end in biological children for the couple. So I think one thing that can be hard, I, I should have mentioned this up front, um, if you're dealing with infertility, and you're looking for portrayals of that, the kind of surprise miracle baby thing that sometimes happens in fiction, although it's lovely for the characters and lovely when it happens in real life, is not always the story that you're looking for. So that book, nor mm-hmm. any of the others that I'm going to talk about, end in that, at least in the text of these books. Um, so that's one. The next one I can recommend to you is a modern day romance, which is so good. It's by Darcy Burke. Darcy Burke wrote the Ribbon Ridge series, which is uh, a series of, of, it features multiple siblings in a uh, small town in Oregon. Um, who they were like the first sex tuplets. And so they were on TV. Um, it's like a charming, fun little like small town romance series. I read the whole thing because I'm one of six and also from the Pacific Northwest. So I was like, hey, also, I think they work in a brewery. <laughs> and I was like, 
Sounds like my thing. Um, so then she did a <laughs> spinoff series featuring uh, one of the friends of the younger brother. And the first book in that series is so good. And the couple in that is Cam and Brooke. Um, Brooke has learned in her first marriage that she can't have kids. Um, she really, really wanted them. And so it's a really difficult thing for her. Um, she has not told Cam that. The two of them meet because they both work in the wine industry. Uh, and so, you know, mm. they hit it off. Um, and they, this is an example of a book, which I think is not always super common where the couple is not married. They just, they don't know each other. They just meet up and she's kind of trying to figure out how to have that conversation and when to have that conversation. And she mm. knows he wants kids and she, you know, like I think that can be, a little bit difficult. Um, and so I think to me, that seemed like a, a very realistic portrayal of what it might be like to be in your, you know, late twenties or early thirties and trying to figure out what your next relationship looks like after being divorced. Um, and having a divorce is sort of is related to your infertility. So that is so good by Darcy Burke. That's another one. Uh, my next two are books that feature, or I shouldn't say feature that include miscarriage so snow kissed mm -hmm. by laura florand is a it's actually a holiday sort of novella uh but in a much tougher way than a lot of the ones that we talked about like this book is mm -hmm. uh jeff and rebecca on the main book right podcast sometimes talk about a book being like a tough hang this book is mm -hmm. a tough hang man like it's it's good and all of the pain and sort of um really raw emotion that is in it are very well earned. Like none of it is, you know, gratuitously painful or any of that. But um, Kai and Kurt are a married couple who have been separated for a year and a half after Kai has had multiple miscarriages. Um, she kind of shuts down and is dealing with some really uh, difficult depression and uh, postpartum sort of issues. They refer to it as postpartum. I personally didn't know that that was terminology that was used after a miscarriage but um at least in this book that is the way that it's used um so they end up snowbound in her place over a weekend because of you know some like circumstances it's romance that's how it goes uh and they end up like over that weekend just really working through some difficult stuff and there's still so much love there and there still is a lot of regret and just pain and um, like, like I said, the struggle is real in this book, but it is, um, it's good. It's rewarding. Uh, and that is an option if you are looking for books that include stories about miscarriage. The last one I will give you is The Countess Conspiracy by Courtney Milan. Um, Violet and Sebastian are friends. They have been friends since childhood. She is a widowed countess. Uh, and she, the the sort of main plot of this book has to do with the fact that she's a brilliant scientist and has, as a woman, this is a historical romance, so as a woman, she has not been able to present her own research and findings, so she uses Sebastian to do it for her. Um, it's a great, wonderful book. It's part of the, uh, the gosh, the Duchess War is the first book. What's the second one, Jess? <laughs> um, the second one is... Oh gosh, you've broken me too. No, that's we the talk one about know. these books all the time. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> what happened? The Countess Conspiracy is that no? 
That's the book we're talking no, about. No, it's a <laughs> the Eris effect. No, Eris effect. Is that right? Okay. Anyway. The Eris effect is the second book. The last book is uh, the Suffragette Scandal. Right. But and can... what is the series called? Exactly. Oh, the um, Brother Sinister series. So Brother Sinister. The Brother right. Sinister. And you can actually these are it's one of the best historical romances for reading them all independently because the other characters show up, but not in any way that is. I mean, it's rewarding if you know them, but if you don't know them, you're fine. Um, so if you haven't read the others, you should because they're great. But if you're looking specifically for a book that deals uh, with miscarriage, this is a good one. And it's a little bit, it's a little, this next thing I'm going to tell you is a little spoilery, but I think probably better to be prepared for it than to go in not knowing. Um, Violet, uh, her, I... To call him her late husband seems like almost too nice because he's a real jerk. So I'm just going to call him her dead husband. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she kept getting pregnant and having miscarriages and they were having a very serious, um, potentially like life-threatening toll on her health. He, her dead husband continued to um, force himself upon her, essentially assault her and impregnate her over and over again uh, until he died. Um, and... I will say you'll find out some sad, very satisfying things about his death. So that's worth knowing if, if, if that's helpful <laughs> to you at all. Um, but because of that, she has never remarried. She has kind of set herself aside. I think of the books that I've talked about, uh, this may or may not be true. It seems to me that this one is the one that has the kind of most plot things happening outside of this one aspect of the story. So it certainly is there. Mm -hmm. I think the miscarriage is very sensitively dealt with, but there is, there are many other things happening. I don't know. Does, I know you've read it, Jess. Does that sound true to you? It's, it's a busy book, not in a way that's like overwhelming, but there, you know, there are at least three things happening all at once. And since it's told from two perspectives, um, which Courtney Milan is really good at doing in this whole series, um, and sometimes more than two perspectives. Um, you, you sort of are able to follow what's happening while being connected to the individual characters. And I think, you know, being with her and sort of understanding her point of view is, is helpful. Yeah. I think that's a great way of, of talking about it. So, Again, that's The Countess Conspiracy, because <laughs> we gave all the other names. So The Countess Conspiracy by <laughs> Courtney Milan is the one that we are um, talking about right now. And so those are a handful of the books. Um, th these can be really difficult to find. So if anyone else, if anyone who's listening to the podcast has other recommendations about uh, books that deal with infertility and miscarriage, I was surprised by how many of them I got to the end and there ended up being sort of a surprise Miracle Baby, which again is super cool yeah. if that's your story, but for a lot of people it just isn't. And so, uh, if folks have um, other examples of these, we I would I would be super happy to um, read them and mention them uh, in future episodes. So, yeah, so those, yeah, that's that question. Yeah, and you'll notice that I let Trisha kind of handle that one because I kept thinking about books that I'd read in which. Um, the female protagonist is dealing with some kind of n lack of pregnancy issue, either infertility or having had miscarriages in the past. And then once I come up with one, it's like, wait, no, there's a realization towards the end that she was wrongly diagnosed. And by the 
epilogue, there are children. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it, it is a thing that happens a lot. Yeah. And it's nice to know, know and see books that don't figure out some kind of way to magically include biological children of the couple at the end. Yeah. And I also felt um, kind of into a rabbit hole after getting that note, just because I, I really appreciate it. I think there's a lot of, I think it takes some courage to, um, the person who sent us this email uh, included uh, part of their own story. And, um, and also, mm -hmm. I think it can be a little bit, they were incredibly kind in the way that they mentioned that the friend zone was not a great fit for them. Um, but mm -hmm. It was really helpful to get that feedback for me um, because we recommended it and being, you know, sort of hopeful about it. We hadn't pretended that we read it or anything, um, but knowing mm -hmm. that something that we recommended ended up being, you know, a not useful or a difficult sort of, I'm, I'll, I'll call a spade a spade, a harmful sort of uh, story for, for someone yeah. was actually um, – it, it always sucks to hear that because you never mm – -hmm. that's never our goal. But also it's helpful for us to know that, okay, like now that one is maybe not a book that we talk more about. Um, so anyway, huge thanks to the person who sent that note. Um, and hopefully we will see more of these kinds of books coming out. Hopefully. Oh, all right, Jess. Let's do the next one. I will let you take the lead here. All right. So we got an email from Madison looking for positive representation featuring characters who are disabled. And I, I mean, I hopped right onto that one with my favorite author of the decade. Wait, and wait, wait, one wait, of wait. My, who, who could you possibly be talking about, Jess? Uh, uh, I have uh, no idea. Uh, uh, it's not like I've talked about it on this podcast. <laughs> at any point in my life. Um, and uh, that, like, because I hear positive rep representation, character who's disabled, we hope that there are plenty, but we know that there aren't that many. Um, and uh, to be able to say, I've read this, I know people who have disabilities who have read it and they approve and I loved it, so let's share. And that is Can't Escape Love, by Alyssa Cole. Um, and uh, so that one is one of the novellas from uh, the Reluctant Royal series, if you are unfamiliar. And it is, um, it's about Reggie, who you meet earlier in the series, um, through mostly phone calls and text conversations, maybe some, maybe something in person. I can't remember, but I don't think so. And uh, Reggie lives on her own, but she has a disability that makes it difficult for her to really walk very much or really use her body as much as she'd like to. But she also has a very lucrative job, which allows her to do things in her personal space to make, to give her the ability to move around. She has different kinds of wheelchairs for different needs. She's had ramps built in in the front and back of her house and all of that. And she knows that she is very privileged in that ability and wants to use her privilege for good, etc. And she's got one problem, and that's that she can't sleep. She's a workaholic, and she'd really love to be able to sleep, but she can't. Well, sure. <laughs> and that's when we meet, oh my gosh, I've forgotten his name, and I just had it in front of me. Is it Gus? 
Mm, I will check. But this is what happens when we have so many books. Yeah. It's like, I just read about it and now it's, it's blending with something else. Um, I think it's, I'm going to say it is, but Trish is going to confirm for me. And, um, he does a, a live stream of just like, solving puzzles and that kind of thing and she contacts him and is like i will pay you money to record a couple hours of just you talking about anything so that i can sleep and he's like no i'm not gonna do that well yeah because that's weird but in a shocking <laughs> in a not in a not shocking turn of events you are correct about your Alyssa Cole characters his name is Gus. yay <laughs> i'm so proud of me i don't ever remember As people's names <laughs> Good job. Um, Sorry, I interrupted the um, sleep thing, which, like I said, is actually super weird, but it ends up being very charming. It's very charming. So anyway, that's how they meet. And it turns out they don't live very far from each other. Actually, they live, well, they live pretty far from each other, but at least in the same city. So she's like, well, can we like talk and you can just like talk me to sleep? Anyway, it's weird, but it works for them. And uh, I'm happy to say that the brief book comes together with a lot of other things that work for them too but the most delightful thing about reading this book was reggie and her character and her ability to just take control of her life even if her parents really didn't understand or support what she was doing with it so it's one of those kinds of the family's kind of there but they're more there if you read her twin sister's book which has Sword Bay, so you should definitely read that one too. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> a Duke by default, right? Is the one with a sister? Yeah, yeah, a Duke by default. But that's can't escape love. Also, there are escape rooms involved. I forgot to mention that, but there's there. That's why it's called Can't Escape Love. It's like, why are you talking about a book with the word escape in it with somebody disabled? No, it's so. Anyway, mm-hmm. I have babbled about that enough. Trisha, what have you got? I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you all of mine together. I'm going to kind of do like a a quick, you know, because we've, we've talked about um at least two of them on the podcast before. So mm-hmm. Romancing the Duke by Tessa Dare, which is, if you don't remember, a delightful rom-com in which a woman inherits a castle, uh, features not only LARPing, I think is what we determined it to be, mm-hmm. uh, live action role play related to a, a book series, but also um, the titular Duke is blind um, or vision impaired. I mean, he's, I they refer to him as blind. I think that is still the terminology that's used. If I'm wrong about that, please let me know. Um, so that's Romancing the Duke by Tessa Dare. Autumn by Cole McCade is a male male romance with um, slightly older characters. They're kind of in their late 40s, I want to say, um, maybe even early 50s. Um, and one of them has an autoimmune disease uh, and deals with a lot of physical pain and challenges. That's a really character-driven romance. It's a little bit of a spin-off of a series. I haven't read the series and still really enjoyed the book. So um, Autumn by Cole McCade is great. And then um, I recently sort of rediscovered a book that I read a while back uh, called Worth It All by Claudia Connor. And I will tell you first how I rediscovered it. Um, I was taking a look at, because uh, one of the questions that this this person um, who emailed us asked as well, um, I don't need to call her, I don't need to call him this person, it was uh, Madison, uh, <laughs> asked how to find um, 
characters that have um, sensitive portrayals of uh, disabled characters. And that's the Sense and Disability website, which Jess had mentioned before. Um, I was kind of glancing around at it, and there was a review of Worth It All by Claudia Connor. Um, and part of what's kind of great about this book is that in addition to um, having a adult male main character who has uh, an amputation as a result of a car accident, there is also um, a four-year-old girl who is adorable. And as she describes it, her leg didn't grow. And so they had to amputate it below the knee, I think, maybe above, but I think below the knee. Um, and she doesn't really like her prosthetic. And so there's a single mom, Paige, who's Casey's mom, and they meet up with JT slash Jake. It's weird that they call them both in the book, but it's <laughs> delightful. Claudia Connor's books are very, um, I always think of them as like airbrushed romance. Mm-hmm. Like nobody is snarky or sarcastic. Like everyone is very earnest oh. and loving. And like, um, so they are, they're a very specific kind of romance, mm-hmm. um, but they are like a great rainy day, sit on your couch and read book. Um, and I did, I revisited uh, Worth It All um, because it was a, you know, like I said, I came across it on the site and I was like, I feel like I liked that book. And I read it and again, and I did. Um, but again, it was, it was as a result of finding it on the Sense and Disability website. Um, so Worth It All is great. Check it out, but also make sure to check out that site. Yeah, that's a, it's a great site. And you had other books, Jess. I was just going to do mine quickly because I talked so much in the last question. <laughs> Well, I just I had one more that I wanted to mention, um, and that's Play It Again by Aiden Wayne, which also features um a protagonist who is blind. And this is a contemporary romance um that features David, who is a um he's a YouTuber. Like he's he's famous because he's on YouTube. And what he does is he reviews places for their blind accessibility. Um, which is just like I was completely fascinated by just that element of it because um when do you when do you find that in romance, right? Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, and his name is not David, his name is David. That is something that actually is an element of the story, and I got it wrong immediately. Um, you know what? You're doing your best. There's a lot of books. I think you're doing great. So, um, David, you know, he likes to listen to things, and he discovers um, an Irish gamer who just does um, play narration. He'll, like, open a game and narrate what's going on. And uh, David decides that he really likes it. And all of a sudden, he's listened to like a million episodes in three days. And gives gives Sam kind of a shout out on his YouTube channel. And all of a sudden, Sam is very, very famous and trying to deal with that. Uh, like, not like people famous, but just, you know, YouTube famous, which sure. is this, yeah. a different kind of famous, but just as mind wracking. Nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. Um, so they actually start communicating online because Dove is like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry, but let me help you deal with internet fame. So they start out kind of talking about that and then they get to know each other and it's very, very cute. 
Um, I will also throw out that um, Sam realizes at some point that he is actually asexual. So there's also some bonus ace rep there. And it's just a really cute book. There's a lot of like text conversation. So if that's not your jam, you might want to skip it. It's sort of like a book I read that was half gameplay, um, which if that's not your jam, uh, kind of skip it. But it's a really sweet book. Um, and it's Play It Again by Aiden Wayne. Um, so, and like I said at the beginning, David is a blind YouTube reviewer. That's awesome. <laughs> and Jess and I were talking a little bit before we started recording. We tended in this conversation to focus on physical disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is that I will confess my ignorance. I, uh, I know that some of my friends who, um, are neurodiverse or who have other like, mental illnesses, um, and I'm not conflating those two things. I realize they're two very different things would not consider themselves to be people with disabilities. And so I, again, I don't have a great handle on where the line is mm-hmm. in terms of that kind of um, disability rep. And the Sense and Disability site does have some great recommendations for characters um, who are, I, I mean, I think they've got um, a girl like her, which features an autistic character. Um so there, I, 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 like I said, I will fully recognize that that's my own ignorance and that when I was thinking about this question, I tended to think about physical disabilities, but maybe in a future episode, we can, um, think and learn a little bit more about, um, where mental disabilities kind of fall on that spectrum and, um, you know, look into how we might recommend some of those books too. Absolutely. All right. So in the same email, um, Madison actually also kind of as an aside mentioned an interest in romance without explicit sex community to reference a nice non-explicit romance because there are always people who are looking for it. And it's a, it can be a good transition for folks as well. Um, so I have talked before about Pride, Prejudice and Other Flavors by Sonali Dove, which came out this year. It is a delightful book um, that is a Pride and Prejudice, a modern day Pride and Prejudice retelling that is uh, gender flipped. So um, the sort of Darcy character is uh, Trisha Rajay, who is a surgeon. She is the person who is very prejudiced. Um, she's the prejudiced side of the equation. Um, and then... The um, pride side of the equation is an up-and-coming chef named DJ who um, has had <laughs> a lot of people judge him. He uh, has – his family has struggled more. He has dealt with poverty. Trisha's family has not. Um, and it's a really lovely, delightful retelling. I think I've said before, one of the things that's great about it is that you do get both perspectives, unlike the original Pride and Prejudice book. Um, so you kind of can see – who feels guilty about what or who doesn't feel guilty about what and maybe should or, you know, kind of what everybody's thinking. And it is a it's more likely in what I've seen, it is more likely to be in like the contemporary fiction <laughs> um, section of a bookstore than the romance section. But it does fall in, you know, romance categories. Um, so that is uh, one option. What do you like, Jess, for for romance with no explicit sex? You know, like the first person that I recommend to people for this, um, and you've heard me talk about 
these books before, I think, but not for a while. So, um, is Priscilla Oliveras, her match to perfection series, which starts with his perfect partner is either like sex doesn't happen at all in the story or, um, very directly closed door. And, um, the first one, his perfect partner features an ad executive who is a single father and trying his best, but not really successfully. <laughs> and his daughter's dance teacher, who is who is hounding him to, uh, you know, be on time, send back all of the paperwork, come to meetings, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And they have such tension between them from the beginning that you don't even notice that there isn't any sexual activity happening on the page. It's one of those books where you get to the first time they kiss and you're like, wow, really? <laughs> it feels like they've just been, they've been dancing around each other, sometimes literally, for so long that it just feels like they've gotten all of that tension out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but um, so his perfect partner is the first one. And there are three in that particular series. And I honestly can't remember if the third one um is more of the closed door like her perfect affair or is more of that long slow burn kind of story um but the those are just delightful books anyway and you should all read them if you haven't yet and that was priscilla Oliveris' his, his perfect partner which now is a book that i think the subtitle should be uh his perfect partner He's trying his best. <laughs> That's the, uh, because it's, I mean, it's very true. He is definitely trying his best mostly. Um, but yeah, I think that description is just bo- like both very accurate. And also like, there's so much shade in the way that you said that. <laughs> um, it's, but it, it perfectly fits the book. That's, that's amazing. Um, the other one that I will mention is a book. So I was in Milwaukee earlier this year for a month. Uh, and when I was asking for recommendations on Instagram and Twitter, one that came up multiple times is a book called The Coincidence of Coconut Cake by Amy Reichert. I, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing her name right. There's a good chance I'm not. Um, but it is a book that is, she is a Milwaukee native and, um, or at least she lives there now. Um, I guess I don't, <laughs> if I can't pronounce her last name, I probably don't know where she was born. Uh, but she is a Milwaukeean. Um, she responded to my tweet. And so I, I know that for sure. And the book is set in Milwaukee. And it's, it's like a great foodie book because one of the characters is a chef and ends up, um, kind of teaching the other about the city, which he's very skeptical of by showing him around. Um, but it's a, it's another actually, apparently my theme today is shop around the corner style books. It's another of that kind of book because the, um, there's a, a female main character who, uh, Lou, who is a chef and she's a great chef. She's got this little restaurant, um, but it's kind of struggling and this big deal new food critic comes to visit it and he happens to come on a day that she has just found out that her, uh, fiance or the person she, that she planned to be, no, I think they're engaged, um, is cheating on her and like it's just a real garbage fire of a day. So it's a very bad day for this big deal food critic to come visit. Um, he writes this awful, awful review. And so, um, the restaurant, which had just been kind of, just making ends meet starts to really struggle. Um, and incidentally, the two of them meet separately. 
uh, and hit it off. And she's kind of teaching him how Milwaukee's a really cool city. And here's the custard and here's the fried cheese curds and all of these things. And he eventually figures out, um, that he has done this to her restaurant and doesn't tell her. So again, there's that like kind of element of lying, but don't worry, there's still some groveling involved. Uh, and this is another one that is probably more likely to be in the, you know, contemporary fiction section of your bookstore as opposed to the romance section. But uh, it, it also follows all of the, you know, rules of romance. So, um, so if you are looking for a non-explicit book, The Coincidence of Coconut Cake by Amy Riker. And they, in this, um, book, they, there is sex is just closed door. So, um, that is The Coincidence of Coconut Cake. You know, I, I remember when you tweeted about going to Milwaukee and, and people, um, asking for reading suggestions. And by the time I got there, there had already been three people who recommended that book. And I was like, well, I guess I won't recommend that book. Um, because <laughs> I remember reading it and, uh, oh my gosh, it's like a, a love story to Milwaukee food. It was like mm-hmm. the, the, the romance was there, but sometimes it felt like it took a backseat to just the food. And I wanted yeah. cheese curd so bad half of the time I was reading the book. <laughs> and I remember this. I read that book years ago. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And like the other one that I recommended, Sonali Dev is infamous for how delicious all the food sounds in her books. Mm-hmm. So apparently in both of the books that I have recommended, one kind of hunger is replaced with another. I don't That's all I will say about that. <laughs> but yeah, they're both very, very food positive. So what else do you have for, uh, for non-explicit sex books, Jess? Well, I am, I am going to give a caveat to this one. Um, TJ Clune's How to Be a Normal Person is a book that features an asexual main character. I have not read this book. Um, but I have encountered the two love interests in the second book, How to Be a Movie Star, which I was going to recommend. And then I remembered that the main character who is, uh, demisexual and doesn't believe in any of that sex stuff, uh, goes to a reading by basically their universe's Chuck Tingle. So there is some explicit sex, but it is, uh, uh, through a reading of monster porn. So I don't know if that is something that you'd rather not experience oh. although the movie or how to be a movie star is just one of the books of my heart from this year it's so delightful and i love josie he i would i would murder for josie i i admit it um fair you gotta know that about yourself but i was all about like there is no sex between the couple and then i was like wait one of them writes monster porn. So there's sex in the book. It's just not actually sex. It's a reading of sex. I don't know. You decide. I feel like you have done your due diligence there and giving people all of the information that they need to make that decision for themselves. <laughs> Boy, I love our podcast so much. Oh, like, I don't even know. I do too. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. So I was really certain. And then while you were talking about coincidence of coconut cake, I was like, oh, no, as often happens, one person is talking about a coincidence of coconut cake and the other person realizes what they'd forgotten about monster porn. You know, 
Yeah. As always happens here on One in Romance. Oh, man. It's really too bad that that's way too long to be the um, episode yeah. title. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Although I'll have to listen back through and see if there, there's got to be something in there. Um, all right. So <laughs> let's do one more. And then while the wheels are still a little bit on the wagon, we will get out, reset for next time. All right. Um, so we got a question from Molly about... Um, she was telling us that her favorite, uh, romance novels are the Pink Carnation series by Lauren Willig, which I actually have not read, but, um, after she mentioned them, I, I went on, uh, Amazon and downloaded the first one because they sounded great. Yeah, the first one's awesome. I, I bought like three or three or four more in the series and then haven't gotten to them yet, but I plan to. <laughs> well, that's something. Uh, oh, and per Molly, uh, this is a quote. She said, they're so funny and smart. And I learned a lot about different time periods. They're set in 1804-ish England and France. Uh, and then there's a mention of Napoleon with two exclamation points, um, as opposed to Regency England. Um, the characters are endearing and charming without being annoying. I wish I could find more like them. Bonus if it's a series. So when I was thinking about this and I um, mentioned to Jess, it kind of sounded like maybe a good read alike would be um a series or a book outside that's historical and clever and well done but outside of your traditional regency england um and then Jess was like well yeah but also there's a present day element to them too which made me think of um firebird by susanna kersley the firebird i guess is the name of the book um which is probably why it didn't immediately pop up when i just searched firebird um, which I guess <laughs> is part of a series, the Slain series, which the only one that I have read, the first book is The Winter Sea. And I, th- I think I knew at the time that I was reading The Firebird that there are some connections there. Um, but The Firebird is focused on, um, the present day story is, uh, Nicola Martyr, who is, she has this sort of gift where she touches an object and kind of see the history of that object and the people who have owned it. And so she works in a museum or an art gallery. I, I can't remember which. And she gets this um, small firebird carving um, and can sort of start to see where it has come through the Russian history, there's Scottish history, there's a lot of history through Europe. And so she decides to kind of dive in and better understand what's going on. As it turns out, she needs a handsome escort to help her navigate the various European areas to which she is going. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the modern day story. And the historical story is um, of where this object has come from and, and where it's, you know, um, origins lie so that's the firebird by susanna kersley um and i will just mention too before i pass off to you just that uh, we've mentioned it before but my beautiful enemy and actually specifically the heart of blade duology which starts with hidden blade and so it's a duology so the hidden blade is the first book it tells the kind of the history of these two characters and my beautiful enemy tells their kind of continuing story um which is about uh, a woman, um, who is from, I am almost certain China, uh, who is raised kind of through some strange circumstances as an assassin. Uh, and the mm-hmm. man who as a boy, like they're trying to, they're both kind of, it's like, they're almost like a James Bondian sort of They're it's historical, but they're both kind of trying to find the same 
jade pieces and put a thing together. And it, both books kind of um, traverse various geography, various um, different cultures and places. And um, Sherry Thomas, who we've all recommend, already recommended today, is just such a great writer <laughs> and is really clever and a really wonderful storyteller. Um, so if you're looking for just a really immersive experience of reading um, historical romance, I would read both. Um, you could read My Beautiful Enemy by itself because The Hidden Blade is is not itself a romance. Um, but I would say mm-hmm. read them both. It's a really fun kind of jaunt through history. So that's um, The Heart of Blade duology by Sherry Thomas. Awesome. And uh, my – after all of that talk with Trisha um, when, when we were discussing the Pincarnation series since I had read it um, – I just chose a kind of historical romance. <laughs> um, and uh, the one that I immediately thought of when I was thinking about the Pink Carnation is Joanna Bourne's Spymaster series, starting with the Spymaster's Lady, um, which is set around the same time as Pink Carnation series. And uh, it featured the series itself actually crosses several generations. Um, but the earlier ones, especially as my master's lady, um, really remind me of pink carnation because Anique, uh, who is the, uh, uh, female main character is just delightful. She's also blind. So if you're looking for a historical, uh, book with a blind character, I would definitely recommend that one. It's written, written well enough that from some of her point POV stuff, cause it's an alternating POV book, uh, you don't realize it until, someone mentions um her ability or inability to move around because she's she's just like sneaking through the forest trying to like complete her mission and you just think it's dark mm-hmm. um but mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's just it's really well written joanna byrne is um a master storyteller and uh anique and a british spy master the spy master's lady um are the two people who have a great sort of contentious but friendly relationship is like, I don't know if that's really a thing that can happen, but somehow they manage it. They argue like crazy and they, neither of them thinks that the other should be in charge. And as spies, this can get a little troublesome, but they both have missions to do, to do. So they work together. Um, and it's just, it's one of those books that things keep happening and you're just like, what's next? What's next? What's next? Are they in England? Are they in France? Where are they going? Who's that? What's happening? Who's that person? <laughs> um, and so like, if you really like really involved historical spy thrillers, it's not really a thriller, but it's a spy story and there's, there are things that have to be done. So if that's your jam. I would definitely check this one out. There is some mention of sexual assault and there's a little bit of torture um, because they're spies. Um, and uh, there are a couple of moments of dubious consent, n- n- neither of them actually involving actual sex. Um, one does involve someone being drugged. So um, if those are uh, hard notes for you, I would avoid this book. But if you're open to seeing where it goes, I would definitely start out. There are a lot of books in this series. So you can just bang, bang, bang all of all of them at once. Um, and like I said, that was The Spymaster's Lady by Joanna Bourne. 
And if you find that that book is not for you, I hope that you can find some other book over the course of the last hour <laughs> that seems like it might be for you because boy, are there a lot of them with more to come. So, uh, yeah, be excited because we have some, some very real requests still to fill here. Uh, there's like prehistoric requests. Mm -hmm. There's like polyamorous sci-fi requests. There's like a lot for you to look forward to while you are reading through the, I don't know, what do you think, Jess? Probably like 20 books that we recommended here today. We'll, we'll see. Mm, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, but again, thank you all so much for your enthusiasm. It, it makes it, like I said, I, this podcast is so fun. I'm so, uh, grateful both to you, Jess, and to everybody who's listening and, um, you know, emails us requests that are maybe impossible, but we'll try. <laughs> we will try. If we don't find exactly what you want, we'll, we'll do our best to find something that gives us the same feeling that you might have had reading it. So, um, with that in mind, you do still have a little bit of time if you want to send us your requests since we're doing double yeah. episodes. Um, but I don't know if we'll be able to pass into triple. You know what? <laughs> Whatever. If we have to like hold them till January, we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. Yeah. I mean, that'll just carry, carry us over until mm -hmm. book club. So, hey, I don't mind. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and if you would like to get in touch with us, please do, like we said, that, um, our individual email addresses are, uh, about to go offline, but, um, the when in romance at bookriot.com email address is a great way to reach us. Um, I am at Trisha Haley Brown, both on Instagram and on Twitter. And I am on Twitter at Jess is reading all one word and on Instagram at Jess underscore is underscore reading. And if this is your favorite place to uh, learn about romance and talk about romance, which hopefully it is because now you've been here for an hour, uh, do feel free to <laughs> review the podcast on iTunes uh, or sorry, Apple Podcasts is what it's called now or whatever, wherever you review podcasts. Um, it helps other folks find the show. <laughs> so if you want them to be a part of all of this magic um please uh feel free to to take a minute and do that um but in the meantime thank you all for all of your um wonderful emails and notes and tweets and instagram messages and etc um and for now i guess happy reading happy reading everyone 